And I just want to stress, it's not that Canadians are superfluously surrendering their animals because they're bored and they're back out to nightclubs or whatever it is. It really is what you said about that person who wrote to you, mm-hmm. that the economic um, stress that's coming and is getting worse is putting people at a risk of not knowing what to do, where to turn, and how to get help. That is the voice of Barbara Gardwright, CEO of Humane Canada, uh, who is speaking to our friend Roy Green, the great Roy Green, who I love, uh, shedding a light on a growing crisis in our animal shelters across the country that were warning months ago that they were almost at capacity with animals being surrendered by owners who either can't afford to feed and care for them or because of increased cost of livings or maybe because they're one of the 3.7 million people in this country who decided to get a pet during the pandemic. And, you know, as we go back to normal, they realize now only that they can't fit that pet into normal. And so, again, they've been warning for months that they're at almost capacity and, and saying in the fall it could be a crisis. Well, we're here in the fall, and cost of living is getting worse. And, of course, these shelters have huge unexpected costs themselves that they're trying to keep up with. Let's bring Phil Nichols into this conversation, Chief Operating Officer over at the Toronto Humane Society. Great to have you, Phil. Hi, thanks. It's great to be here. What's the context? Put some context to the situation that is facing your organization. Are, are you at capacity? Is there a crisis building? I think the crisis, uh, as you just mentioned, has been building for a while, um, and it's hitting the industry both in Toronto and, and across the province and country right now. What is it? What is the biggest? Is it a combination of cost of living issues that is forcing someone to surrender an animal, or is it the pandemic uh, folks who didn't really maybe think it out long term, or is it both? Yeah, I, th- I think it's a combination of a number of things. Um, primarily, it, it's basing around the cost of care. You know, our, our veterinary care costs, yeah. our general animal care costs are are going up, and it's putting a lot of people in a very tight position. Um, when it when it comes to the surrender numbers and what we're looking at there, those are still down relative to what we saw pre-pandemic. So the, the this total sum of people coming in is lower, but our adoptions have also started to slow, and we've seen that slow across the province and the country as well. Um, so we've got more coming in than we have people looking to to take home right now, which is leading to a bit of an overcapacity issue. Yeah, and there's so many issues that are, are facing, um, you know, shelters and not-for-profit uh, societies that are trying to help animals. What is the biggest challenge then for you? Is it that you're at capacity and will have to turn away? Does it become an issue that you're going to have to bring in higher euthanasia? Uh, what is your greatest challenge? Yeah, so for us, it's an issue of not being able to serve all of the people that need that support. So, like, you know, looking at needing to turn animals away, we operate as a, a controlled um scheduled admission facility, but not every community shelter or local organization or um, local animal service is going to be able to do that. And that could result in, in seeing increases to the euthanasia rates again, mm. which we saw drop down quite quite substantially throughout the pandemic, which was great. Uh, maintaining that is going to be really challenging, especially with the rising cost of care. Yeah, uh, food, everything uh, goes up. And look, I, I don't think anyone wants to do it. It's a pretty heartbreaking decision when you have to realize, oh my God, I've got to get rid of the family pet because they do become part of our family, which then of course punctuates it. You have to do research before you do these kinds of things because animals are extremely expensive. Uh, they do get sick and they do need to be fed. So it's a 20-year commitment. Having said that, um, what are the other options? Because I think most people think, okay, I've got to get rid of this animal. But are there programs in place? Are there other things people can do instead of walking away from that animal? 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think there's a lot of different programs and supports that are out there. And part of it is going to really call on owners to evaluate what their needs are at any given point in time. Um, we operate a program that op- is um, verbal callback. It's called our Pet Parent Support Network, and that can help guide people towards resources that may allow them to keep their pet um, without needing to surrender. Um, sometimes that may be for temporary rehousing. So a lot of people are experiencing um, housing instability right now. And historically, yeah. one of the only options remaining for those people were, would be to surrender if they were going to end up, um, whether it's couch surfing or staying with family members or those types of things. And um, there's growing numbers of programs, which we have as well at Toronto Humane Society that we refer to as our urgent care support program, where we're taking on animals in temporary housing situations and placing them with foster families until people can get back on their feet um, for short-term stays. So there's those types of programs that are out there that I think people really need to start looking at. Um, For those that have the financial capacity, we are strongly recommending people look at getting pet insurance because it does help to mitigate that those one-time expenses, which are, are growing. Um, substantially on an annual basis. Yeah, I've always had pet insurance on my animals, and it seems like a a pain to pay. But when you're in that situation where they hand you a $5,000 bill and what do you want to do, it it does provide a great deal of comfort knowing that, okay, I'm going to get some help here. Having said that, what about food care programs? Are there places people can go to pick up maybe dog food or temporary hold them up or cat food or any kind of medical care uh, that they can come to? Yeah, so I think there's a lot of different options that are out there for that. We've been connecting with a lot of the different food banks across the city, and many of them are starting to carry pet food through their own distribution channels um, to make it easier for the families to be able to to get the food that they need for their pets as well. Um, We also offer and operate a food bank through our our front desk here at 11 River Street, as many other humane societies do, um, do that also. And obviously, in turn... You're probably asking people, look, if you get spare a couple of bags of dog food or chewy toys or whatever, are you getting people uh, bringing and donating or is it, is that also drying up? Um, we're, we're having more and more people coming in and dropping off food and supplies for the community members. Um, however, um, similar to the... Yeah experience of human food banks, the the volume of individuals needing support from the food banks has been increasing. And we're, we're seeing more people come come to the door on a daily basis than we have um, in my time at Toronto Humane Society, which has been about a decade now. Have you seen it this bad before? I know you guys always have challenges, but but have you seen it this bad? Or, or, or do you believe the worst is, is yet to come? Um, we haven't seen the volume of uh, community support so that that food bank need and demand that hasn't been as high as what we've been seeing recently and I do think the worst is yet to come I think we've got a growing storm Um, in addition to the access and the financial um, challenges that are facing um, pet owners there's also a growing shortage of veterinarians across the Mm -hmm. country which even for those that have um, the money to pay you may not be able to get an appointment to get your pet seen um, and that that's putting um, kind of the animal welfare industry in a position of crisis that it's it's a perfect storm that's been brewing for a while and it is starting to hit us at the same time the recession setting in and um, it's got us very concerned for the, the coming year. Yeah, it is very difficult. I used to be able to stroll on in and it's now a couple of weeks that you got to wait or if your pet's in serious trouble, they'll, they'll take it. But it is, we don't have enough vets because I don't think everyone expected that everyone, three point, uh, I think one three point seven million people got pets and you've got to have services for them. Having said all that, 
I would think then if you're getting this many animals surrendered, you probably have, if someone is able to give a home right now, you probably have some good selection. It's not just going to be one type of dog. I would think probably for the first time, you're probably seeing more of, of what they call like the fashion dogs or the uh, the popular pets kind of more breeded, more animals who are bred. Uh, so I would think that there's better choices or maybe different choices for families if they want to come in. I mean, it, it, certainly for some rescues, I think they're experiencing that trend at, at Toronto Humane Society. What we're seeing more of locally are those animals that are getting surrendered due to medical concerns, right. um, which come with a, a much higher cost and they tend to not be as, um, you know, readily demanded by the public. Oh. Um, but it is, I mean, your point is, is well made. And I think it's important that people go to those sheltering industries and the different rescues, um, websites like PetFinder. Um, or Patango to to look at more of an aggregate um, grouping of uh, animals that are available at rescues and humane societies across the province. And not Kijiji. Oh, God. <laughs> I always warn people, don't go on Kijiji for your pet. It is, a, it is a, I think, a, a very risky thing, but nonetheless. Well, Phil, we'll keep an eye on this. I, I have to think there's a lot of stress on the animals themselves, too, because they get shuffled around from shelter to shelter. There, there's a ton of stress on the animals and there is a ton of stress on the staff that are working at shelters across the province right now as well. They're, they're overworked and they're dealing with um, high demands and a lot of frustration from, from owners who have nowhere else to turn with limited resources to be able to provide them. Yeah, what a tough time. All right, Phil, we'll see if we can get word out and I appreciate you talking. We'll talk again. All right, thank you. That's Phil Nichols. He is with the Toronto Humane Society. This is happening across the country, but no question about it. If you can help... Uh, the shelter certainly could use your help because, uh, again, sadly, the animal, uh, the family pet is generally the first to go when you find yourself in financial uh, trouble, and that is happening.